0: Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage.
1: This is episode 105 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and our bonus episode for May 2019. In this episode, we're going to be going through and listening to a series of recordings that I did while I was undertaking my three-day Easter hike from Kiandra to Farwa, which is the last section if you're heading north on the Australian Alps walking track. 112 kilometres in three days. Uh, And, you know, this can only be classed as extreme. And for for many of you that have been following uh, the Australian Hiker podcast for for a couple of years, you'll know that I like to challenge myself in this way, at least on an annual basis. So in the past, I've done uh, the Canberra Centenary Trail, which was 145 kilometers in three days. Uh, I've done big single days of 50 kilometers plus. And I've also done things like last year where I did the Bibbleman track in, uh, in a total of 36 days, averaging 33 kilometers a day. If I'm honest, this is the most difficult hiking and most physically challenging hiking that I've ever done. It certainly wasn't the longest distance. It certainly wasn't the biggest days. But for a number of reasons, this really pushed me physically. Uh, and I'll go through and explain that uh, at the end of this uh, series of recordings, where Jill and I talk about why that was that this was such a difficult hike, uh, and the um, the assumptions that I went through and made that didn't necessarily uh, pan out the way I thought they would. So much so, I've actually gone through and uh, done a written article called Assumptions, based purely around this uh, this um uh, trip um and most of you are aware of the saying that never assume because it makes an arse out of you and me and in this case that's exactly what it did so go through and have a listen to the series of recordings that I did over the 3 days and at the end of that John and I will discuss just exactly why this was so difficult um and uh why it's certainly uh, It was a bit of a shock to me. Uh, Now, not to be so negative on this, this was one of the more enjoyable hikes that I've also done, uh, and I definitely am looking forward to doing the Australian Alps walking track over the next year or so. We hope you enjoy. I've been going for just on uh, 45 minutes now. Um, Had... uh, had a water crossing that was above boot height uh, within about 400 metres, which was Eucamene River. And uh, I got the impression from looking at the maps and the guidebooks that sometimes it's dry, but definitely we must have had enough rain or enough snow up in this area that's melted uh, in the last month that's uh, put the water level over about mid-shin height. So I ended up having to take the... Uh, My mid boots off uh, and crossing bare feet, uh, which was a bit annoying because I don't need to tape my feet a few hours beforehand. But the taping held up quite well. It's good quality taping. Uh, I managed to dry my feet off, and uh, my feet are coping quite well, considering. It's um, I had a bit of different expectations about what this track would be like, and that was based on a lot of the uh, the walking I do. Uh, in Namajee National Park. So the walks I've done in the past to Cotter Flat uh, and Mount Bimbry, they're almost almost a bit rainforest-y. You know, the, 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 the forest and timber growth is very wet, and I'd had an expectation that that's what this would be like. But we are definitely up in snow country, whereas um, the Bimbry area can get snow, but this area definitely does in wintertime. Uh, we're up over sort of 1,400 metres. And uh, yeah, it's, it's I'm walking through, walking on a fire trail at the moment, the Noongar Fire Trail. Um, and it's not the typical sort of management trail I'm used to, which is that hard, compacted dra- granite. This is really more just uh, uh, a road that's been scraped out, and it's almost like two walking tracks side by side. So it obviously gets some use from some ranges coming up through here, but not a lot. Uh, but it 's definitely a an obvious and clear road, uh, and they have put some gravel in some areas just to sort of keep it packed down but it 's not hard on the feet like the granite trails around Canberra tend to be i 'm currently walking through open plains um, and on the hills surrounding there 's a lot of tree growth um, but it's it's a much drier sort of climate than I was expecting it 's almost it's almost like uh uh, so alpine forest meets alpine plain. Um, the grass is not overly long, even in the sort of the wetland sort of areas, which I'm just about to go across. Um, the trees are, are definitely those alpine sort of trees. They're not overly tall, but they're not the really stunted trees as you pick up once you get up around the 2000 uh, altitude area. Um, but it's it's quite enjoyable, um, and as I said, I prefer this type of. Drier climate, uh, even in even in the alpine area, uh, the wet, um, lush, uh, sopping sort of wet growth. This doesn't do a lot for me, uh, but so far so good. Sun's out at the moment, and that's the forecast. Uh, I think they have actually forecast a twenty percent chance of rain today, but well, there was cloud and uh, cover, which had burnt off fairly early this morning. Um, but uh, it's looking quite reasonable now. Temperature sixteen degrees. I've got a little uh, portable weather unit. You know, it's only a tiny little one that carrying with me, and you know, it may not be one hundred percent accurate, but it gives me a good indication of what the temperatures are like. Measures the maximum and minimum temperatures for the daytime, so it's always uh, always good to know. One of the issues with walking in the alpine areas is the variability of the the climate. We did have snow up uh, in the alpine areas around about three, four weeks ago and quite reasonable snow. Um, And there's actually warnings up around Kosciuszko and the main range walk area of large snow drifts. Um, So, um, however unlikely uh, we are, we're into uh, uh, mid April now. uh, or mid to late April, uh, and getting a snow dump is, is is a real possibility, even though it's not being forecast. So you can't just assume that you're uh, going to be fine. Uh, you don't have to worry about keeping yourself warm. You've really got to pack uh, as if uh, you, uh, you are going to get snow. And hopefully we won't. Well, hopefully I won't. But uh, I'm covered for it just in case. So, this walk for me, um, looking at the guidebooks uh, by Chapman, uh, is 105 kilometers. Uh, And if you add a number of the add on walks and little spur trails that go off it, it could potentially be anything up to 120 125 kilometers. I'm not likely to do the side trips, Um, I'm capable of doing the 100, hundred and five k's in three days but 120 k's that's that's starting to push it given my fitness is not as good as i would have liked it to have been so um for me it will just be um the bare minimum the uh, starting at kyandra and walking back to canberra one of the reasons for me doing this walk is um I was actually looking at doing the six-foot track in uh, the Blue Mountains, and that still is on my list. But that would have meant I would have had to have driven up last night after work, parked the car, gotten to the trailhead, done the walk, come back, pick up the car, and drive back to Canberra. It would have pretty much taken the full four days over Easter, uh, and then it would have gone straight back into work the next day. Whereas this one, as I said, I'm planning on doing this in three days if need be, I've got the fourth day and I've got enough food to carry me, cover me for that um, and by that stage, that last day and a half I'm back in, uh, I'm back in areas that I know really well so tomorrow night's camp um, I'll be camping at Cotter Flats is the plan uh, and while I've never camped uh, sorry, I'll be camping at Cotter Gap Normally, I've camped at Cotter Flats in the past, but um, uh, this time, uh, just the distances and where I'm going to be, I'll camp at Cotter uh, Gap, which is up the top of the hill. Uh, There's water up there. I know the area reasonably well. Um, And yeah, and certainly by, um, really by sort of tomorrow lunchtime, I'm into areas that I know, know very well, I've done a number of times. Um I uh, I sort of made, I sort of realized when I did this walk and, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this walk was uh, I'm looking at doing the full Australian Alps walking track next year. Um, and while I've been to Mount Bimbri and back, but really from uh, that's only 27 and a half kilometers out and then the same back again. So this this gave me a, this is, I wanted this to give me a bit more indication of what this track's actually like. At least this section, and I think I've had, for some reason, I, and I, and it's purely just my perception. I'd had um, had the idea that uh, you know the whole track was going to be wet and 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 and, and rainforest-y type, heavy alpine woodlands, and it's just you now I, I knew it wasn't, but that's just something I had in the back of my mind. So um, yeah, as I said, I'm enjoying walking through this sort of open alpine region at the moment. It's not too hot. Um, you now my pack's around about 15 kilos, uh, which is that's includes th- the three litres of water that I've got uh, and the four days' worth of food. So um, I've been training with an 18 and a half kilo pack, so you know, I'm finding this quite comfortable. Um, and as I said, I couldn't really go any lighter without jettison uh, equipment that I potentially need for potentially cold weather. I mean, even though the forecast is above zero temperatures, certainly in the last couple of weeks, we have had sub-zero temperatures in this area, uh, and I would fully expect them to be the case over the next couple of days where I would get uh, uh, below zero degrees Celsius. So, as I said, I have to cater for that. There is plenty of water on the track, I prefer to carry the three litres. Um, I'll drink most of that during the daytime. It just won't, that means I don't have to fiddle around with getting water through the day. That will pretty much cover me. My planned stop um, is around about 34, just a bit over 34 kilometres in. Um, so today for me is actually the longest day. Um, uh, tomorrow is the shortest day, not by much. And then the, the, th- the next day after is, uh, uh, is, is uh, uh, somewhere in between. But I've got three days over 30 kilometres. Um, so far, I haven't had any of the March flies. I think we're sort of gone, even though it is only April. They tend to be around a bit earlier in the season. And they can be quite annoying in this sort of area. Um, they have the capability of biting through long sleeve clothing. Uh, and pants, for that matter, uh, if you don't notice them. So um, that's a, a that's a nice, pleasant surprise. I think the the temperature's gotten cold enough that um, they've actually uh, disappeared for the year. Um, I have actually bought a pair of gaiters with me on this trip, um, and I know from personal experience, uh, Murray's Gap, which is just below Mount Bimbury during the summertime, you are guaranteed of seeing snakes and lots of them. Uh, this time of the year, I think the temperatures are now cold enough where I probably won't expect to see them, but I am certainly still keeping an eye out for them. And if I get up to Murray's Gap, um, you know, as I said, the temperature is the temperature's supposed to be 26 degrees today, so it's still warm enough to encourage them out. So I will be keeping an eye out for them. Okay, starting to go up a a bit of an incline here. Uh, It's a bit hard to walk and talk and keep your breath going, so I'll talk to you later. One thing I did mean to say after that first recording was uh, I've seen probably 30 horses while I've been up here. Um, They seem to have dropped off now. They've stayed back to where I was in that first section of the walk towards the road but there was just clumps of them you know, fives and tens and, and little groups spread around uh, obviously interested in what I was doing came over and had a look without getting too close uh, but then, uh, then shot off again uh, and they have they sort of paralleled me in the woods in the next open plain for a little while uh, and now they have seem to have gone although I can see there's a group of uh, Around about eight or ten, probably about seven or eight hundred meters away in the distance. So there's uh, there's certainly plenty of horses in this area, um, and I know that's one of the environmental considerations in the Alps at the moment is uh, how many horses should they leave in the Alps, given the amount of damage they're doing. And I mean, this is probably the thing I'm having to avoid at the moment: the amount of horse droppings on the trail. Um, in some sections, it's actually quite bad, and you've got to walk your way around them. Um, so again, lots of horses. It's uh, ten thirty. I've been going just on three hours. I've done just around about eleven, eleven and a half kilometres. I'm travelling at around about four point three kilometres an hour. Um, I think certainly for me, um, uh, in this sort of territory in this sort of environment I I work on averaging about 3.75 kilometres per hour Uh, and I think by the time I factor in lunch and breaks and things like that it'll work out there or a bit better I just had morning tea around about uh, probably 10-15 minutes ago and then sort of walked on another 400 metres and came across uh, Witz's or Witch's Hut or White's Hut, got a number of different names and this is the first of the alpine huts on this section of the trail that I'll come across I won't actually come across all the huts. Uh, there are some of those uh, huts that are actually off the trail a few kilometres. Uh, and as I said, I'm not planning on doing all the side trips, and maybe even none of them, depending on how many timings going. Um, given the distance I'm travelling today and the speed I'm travelling, I'll be walking, including brakes, around about nine hours all up. Uh, Witsa's Hut is not a bad little hut. Um, it's... Uh, Got a fire inside, uh, a couple of bunk beds. Um, it'd be nice in, in cool conditions. So I think uh, certainly if you're coming this way, um, you know, you, it means you wouldn't have to set your tent up, particularly if it is raining or snowy. Um, and there's a, a couple of small sitting area at the back of the hut uh, with a small stock of firewood. I know the recommendation is if you're using any of the firewood, they ask you to restock it again. And there's certainly... Bits of uh, wood and some, uh, all around the hut. Uh, although you can see people have cleaned up the stuff that's close, and then there's a couple of bow saws inside to allow you to cut wood. Um, so um, I must admit, I'm tend not to be a big fan of fire on the trail. Um, but you know on a cold, cold uh, day or a snowy day, I'd probably appreciate it. Traveling far well so far. Um, I'll stop and have lunch. Um, probably around about two hours at around about twelve thirty. Um and again that normally for me is around about a twenty minute to half hour break at best before I continue on. So going okay so far as I said. Still enjoying it, still enjoying the terrain. Um I think as I said before, uh the tree growth it's more the alpine tree growth, not the really big tall stuff that I'm used to down around the Mount Bimbury area. Um, I just prefer these short little stumpy trees uh few clouds in the sky today um warm uh, without being hot and there's a, a slight breeze as you may be able to hear in the microphone that's come up as as well talk to you later it's uh 12 uh i'm just having lunch at the moment a nice flat grassy uh, area um i've just crossed the murrumbidgee river um there was an area uh, probably about 50 or 60 metre further up the bank that looked like I could have got across just on, on rocks, but it would have required me going through some quite heavy uh, uh, grass tussock area, and and if there's going to be any snakes around, that's probably where they'll be, so I preferred to get the, the feet wet, took the shoes off, um, so I'm just leaving the feet dry and having lunch at the moment. I've done around about 22 kilometres so far. Uh, I'm averaging around about 4.3 kilometres per hour, which is pretty consistent with what I've done over the last couple of years. Um, and I've got around about 10.5 kilometres to go. So realistically, two and a quarter hours will get me there for, for today. Um, I could potentially push on further than that, um, but... It really depends on whether I think there's going to be a good spot to camp, and you know I think uh, roughly 34 kilometres a day is reasonably good, uh, particularly for a first day. Um, and then I'll uh, it gives me a chance to sort of set up my tent and get organised and have a bit of a rest this afternoon. Um, for me, it's always the second day that's the hardest. The first day I just seem to push through and don't have any problems. I know it's physically demanding, and then the second day is when the the, I kept the after effects of the first day. Uh, and from there, the third and fourth days, or if I need the fourth days, uh, should be reasonably good. I've um, Still enjoyed uh, the track so far. Um, it's been very open, uh, walking through a couple of forested areas here and there. Um, but it's, um, it's interesting. You can see, I'm in Kosciuszko National Park at the moment, and I cross into namaji National Park tomorrow morning, um, but I can see namaji National Park, um, where I'm heading to, and it's definitely a lot more dense and a lot more treed as well. So, um, it's it's so far it's it's very different than anything I've done up here. As I said in the uh, the Alps, you go up to the Kosciuszko in the main range, there's just no tree growth at all, uh, and lots of low scrub growth, but no tree growth. Here there's just lots of uh, uh, open grasslands, there's some swamplands in the middle of the valley. Sometimes you think, why aren't I going in a straight line? And you think, okay, yep, there's a swamp in the middle of that area, so you can't go straight through it. Um, But the road's been reasonably good. Um, um, uh, I'm just about to head uphill. Um, uh, Overall, for most of the morning, I was heading either flat or downhill, I only had the very occasional uphill here and there. So the wind has been with me uh, as a light breeze for most of the morning, and it's reasonably consistent, so I'm walking with this light breeze on my face. And the cloud cover's starting to roll in, so probably got around about 40%, 50% cloud cover. Um, And as I said earlier, they have forecast about a 20% chance of rain. Um, well, we'll see what happens with luck I'll get to where I'm going before any rain does come through and get set up without having to worry about uh, setting up a tent in the rain um, enjoying just sitting here uh, looking at the sky, looking at the clouds uh, it's good to have a bit of a break and get away from uh, from modern, modern life um, so um, yeah, no, enjoying it, it's good Good evening. It's uh, just after six o'clock. Uh, finished hiking for the day. I'm here at Hainsworth Hut, um, just over 36 kilometres for the day. Um, so I thought it was about 30, just on 35, it ended up being 36. Uh, all up, it took me 10 hours uh, to get here uh, from this morning, which is... Uh, it's probably what I thought it would be. Um I was hoping to leave just on 7 or just after 7. I left at around about 7:30, 7:40. Um so <clears throat> it means I got here um and didn't have a lot of daylight left at the end of the day. Um did well, forgot my head torch <laughs> for this trip i had them sitting there thinking yes i'll grab those and put them in or grab one of them and put them in the uh, the bag and promptly forgot when i walked out the door uh so not a great problem i've got i um, set up for the night uh i've got the light on my phone if need be um uh, so uh, and i'm actually sleeping inside the hut so i didn't have to worry about setting up the tent um it's getting reasonably cool at the moment. Uh, I'll have to check and see what the temperature is uh, it gets down to tonight, but it's, it is a quick bit cool. Just sitting here on the, the porch, uh, eating my dinner and doing this recording. Um, this afternoon took me longer than I thought it would, mainly because um, shortly after leaving Murrumbidgee River, which is where I had lunch, probably within about... 15-20 minutes um, I was had to do cross back over Murrumbidgee River, the same river again but just further down uh, and then back up uh, to um, the top of uh, uh, a, uh, a spur uh, and then um, then over and down to, to Murray's uh, sorry to um, Hainsworth Hut one of the things that was different this afternoon, uh, I got um, most of the way down the road towards the river, and there was a sign there saying the, the trail in this section is not uh, not there. You're basically going cross-country. It gave a compass heading uh, and said, and once you've done that, follow the telegraph lines. Um, it was actually reasonably good. Um, um, but it, it, you sort of had to, s- to go a bit slower to find the um, the marker posts, and the marker posts were reasonably far apart. Um, sometimes they, you could sort of see them from one hill to the next, and you know knew that's where you had to get to. Um, but other times they were sort of hidden away, so um, it was uh, it took a bit bit longer to w- sort of wind my way through. Um, <sighs> Once I got close towards, uh, or relatively close towards the hut, joined back onto a management road again, uh, and pretty much that brought me all the way through to um, uh, the hut that I'm at tonight. There was another campsite, I think, I could be wrong on, on the name on this thing, it was Ghost or Ghost Gum A campsite. There would have been a hundred people there In camper vans, caravans, tents, swags Uh, There was uh, a large batch of horses That people had obviously bought in for riding Um, And you sort of forget that it's Easter And there are a lot of people doing other things as well I haven't seen anyone else on the track Um, I probably expect to see people tomorrow uh, People that have gone through and done Mount Bimbury over Easter Nobody else that I know uh, is on the track from Kyandra to Canberra, but there may be people doing the other direction and starting in uh, in Tharwa uh, and, and coming to Kyandra. So I'm just not sure. I would expect there to be a number of people doing Cotter Flat and Mount Bimbry. Uh That's a pretty popular sort of hike, uh, particularly for a, a, a four-day weekend. Uh, so um, we'll see what happens when I come across people tomorrow. Um, tomorrow I will go past Murray's Gap and Mount Benbury I'm not going to summit Mount Benbury I've, I've been up there a few times um, and as I said a hundred odd kilometres in three days is more than enough um, next time I come back and do this as a as the full Australian Alps track I'll do a few more side trips and pick a, a number of those things up but given that I've already done most of these things um, it doesn't really excite me to, to go through and do them again uh, feet are feeling a bit sore, but not too bad. I think I'm going to have to tape, uh, put some bandages on the toes tomorrow, um, and see how they go. Uh, but again, today was the biggest day. Um, tomorrow I expected it to be about 30 kilometers, but it could be sort of 30, 32. And then the, uh, the last days around about 34. So I'll see how I go, uh, on that one. Um, so it's, starting to get dark now. That's one of the disadvantages of doing this walk after daylight savings. Um, So uh, given that I don't have a light and I don't want to flatten my phone, I'll probably end up going to bed soon. I had an early morning start this morning getting getting up at 4 o'clock. I had a reasonably normal sleep for me at least, but uh, I wouldn't mind a few more hours, and I think I'm reasonably tired. So I'll, I'll see how I go. Uh, I don't think I'm going to need twelve hours sleep tonight, uh, so I'm guessing I'll be. It'll be a bit restless, but I'll see how it goes. Talk to you later. Good morning. It's day two. Saturday the 20th of April uh, I'm here at Hainsworth Hut I've uh, just gotten up, had breakfast and just finishing packing up and I'll leave probably in about 10 or 15 minutes I don't know why every time I say I'm going to leave at 7 o'clock in the morning and I get up at 6 and think an hour's plenty it never works out it's always around about an hour, 15, hour and 20 so I either need to get up earlier or I need to adjust my leaving time uh, leaving at 20 past 7 is not too bad. It'll be around about 20 minutes earlier than I did yesterday. Um, and um, I'm back out. It's around about 300 metres from the hut back out to the track itself. Uh, and then I'm off to... Uh, uh, for most of the day, I'm actually in um, Kosciuszko National Park. And around about lunchtime-ish, I cross over into namaji National Park. So... Um, uh, the territory should be start become a lot more familiar to me at that stage Had a reasonably good sleep uh, Given that I went to bed at 6 o'clock last night And I got up at 6 this morning uh, I don't do 12 hours sleep uh, ever uh, And I think I slept in blocks of sort of 4 hours last night And I'd wake up thinking I've had enough sleep And then I'd lie there for about half an hour And, and fall back to sleep again um, Last night was a full moon uh, It was pretty bright so when I did have to get up and answer the call of nature in the middle of the night it was pretty uh, pretty bright and clear so it was um it was quite uh, you know having to go outside and you know you really didn't need a to torch at all it was so bright uh feeling reasonably good um, feeling reasonably rested uh, so I had to bandage a couple of toes on the left foot which is the foot that I tend to have issues with because it's uh, it's the larger foot, the toes are closer to the edge of the edge of the, uh, the shoes the right foot always seems to be fine so hopefully the feet will be okay or the toes will be okay today and I won't have to do too much with uh, uh, any additional taping um, For weather at the moment, the sun's just peeking over the top of the ridge in front of me Hainsworth hut uh, does have a little creek running in front of it and I wasn't too sure if it did or not so I actually stopped yesterday afternoon and topped up my water just in case. Uh, I didn't need to by the by the the look of it you know the 20 minutes or so I spent doing uh, water at one of the previous creeks I could have done when I got here but I wasn't sure from the maps so uh, I did it just in case and there seems to be plenty of water all the way along. Uh, I know today uh, I get up to murray 's gap, and there's water up there then there's Cotter river then there's uh murray's, uh, murray's gap, uh, and there's pretty much water all the way through so i don't have to worry too much about running dry and not having enough water through the trip itself weather wise it's quite a nice day i've started off when I got up with my puffer jacket on with my puffer jacket on uh and two layers underneath. Uh, I'm back to two layers now while I'm just sitting here and I'll take that second layer off when I start walking because I'll get hot pretty quickly. Sun's just peeking over the ridge in front of me. Uh, There's this nice flat uh, area out the front of the hut uh, with this little creek, as I mentioned. There's this mist sort of down to the lower part of the valley. I can see back towards where the main trail is. I think as I head out towards that way, I'll pick up a bit of mist, but the sun will break through that pretty quickly. Looks like it's going to be a glorious day. Um, uh, the terrain around here is still different from what I'm used to in the uh, uh, the Namaji area. It's still the trees are starting to get bigger, uh, as I would have expected heading over towards Namaji, and I can see Namaji in the distance. Uh, and the, the tree line is definitely changing. Uh, okay, talk to you later. It's at 10 past 12. I'm just having lunch. Uh, I've just gone past Oldfield's hut about half an hour ago, and I'm now heading up towards Murray's Gap. I expected to get to Murray's Gap sometime between um, 12.30 and 1.30, uh, and given that I've just had a 20-minute lunch break, um, I still think I'll get there. I've, I've had a couple of people coming down from Murray's and a person who was staying at Oldfield just going up to Summit Mount Bimbury. Um... It, I believe from talking to people that everyone says this ascent of up to Murray's Gap is easier than the other side. I'm a bit dubious about that. I'm thinking probably just, but uh, you know, there's some steep sections here. Um, I do know that going back from Murray's uh, heading back towards uh, uh, Aurora Valley, it's certainly a less steep uh, a descent and the, the ups and downs are less steep as well with most of the altitude being made on the way over. So um, getting a bit tired. I've done about 24 kilometres and I've still got about 10 or 12 kilometres to go to reach my destination tonight of Cotter Gap. Um, I'll see how I go. I'll definitely get to Cotter Flats, which is down on the river, uh, and then keep on going and I'll see how I go from there um, definitely feeling uh, the, the stiffness, uh, feeling tired. Um, so I'll see how I go towards getting there tonight. I'll get most of the way, I think. But uh, uh, and given that I'm I'm walking till around about quarter past five, um, so the the majority of the really steep stuff is out of the way now. Um, I've just got the last bit to go up until uh, Murray's Gap, and that's not too far away. Talk to you later. It's uh, just on seven o'clock. I'm in my tent at my second campsite, uh, which is Cotter Gap. Um, in the past, I've always walked past this area. I've never actually stayed here, because it's it's typically been uh, um, in the morning when I've come through here at the start of a, a hike. So there's no never been any reason to to stay around. Um, there's a a mother and young daughter camped a little way way away and I think there's another young guy also came in uh, after I did. So um, there's um, I'm seeing people today, which is what I expected in this area. Um, all up, I was hiking for 11 hours today in, in total. Um, so I started at uh, 7.30 uh, and by the time I finished it was around about sort of 20 past 6 ish. Uh, so just on eleven hours, and I covered thirty-seven kilometers. Um, I was sort of tempted to stop a bit earlier. I mean, after second day of thirty-five plus kilometers, uh, for me, day two is always the difficult one. Um, but I, it's I got to the stage where um, really there was no good campsites between Cotter Flat and and uh, caught a gap. So I just kept on going. Uh, you know, I got to the stage in the last 40 minutes. It was basically just, you know, the only place I could have put a tent up would have been in the middle of the trail. Uh, and there was no flat ground. So uh, and given the number of people that have gone through since I arrived, that wouldn't have been a good thing. Um, from lunchtime, it wasn't too bad. I could have came into, uh uh, Murray's Gap uh, from the opposite end, which is something I've never done before, um, and one of the things I find interesting is uh, I've been up to uh, Murray's about four times now, uh, and the first time I came through, it was middle of quite a, a severe drought, uh, so there was still water around in the creeks, which was fine, um, but... Uh, Murray's Gap was extremely short grass, uh, virtually no water crossing, as so it was quite easy to access. The last time I came up, which was um, December 2017. Actually, no, December 2016 it was. Uh, and that's when I did um, uh, Mount Bimbrian back in one day. Uh, and at that stage... Um, Murray's Gap was green and lush. Um, Grass wasn't overly long, but it was still about sort of 12 inches in depth, and there were lots of snakes around, which was not unsurprising for that time of the year. This time, the grass was quite long. It was probably about knee height, uh, but it was bone dry, uh, and all the water sources were very, very low. So normally I'd expect to actually have to get wet feet uh, uh, on a couple of crossings and didn't need to this time. Um, I find it interesting that um, a lot of people actually say to me that um, uh, the trip up from Oldfield's hut to uh, Murray's uh, Gap is easier than the other side. I'd say it is, but there's not much in it. It really was a, a difficult, hard climb going up the other way um, and then picking my way through the uh, the grassland to then come back down uh, out of the gap itself and back onto the trail. Not long after I left Oldfield, I came across another sign saying this is a wilderness area, no marker signs for the next 19 kilometres. Not quite Right. Uh, there was, uh, um, I think since that sign's gone in, they've put a couple, but yeah, it's certainly not, you need to have a good indication of where you're going. So you either need to be familiar with the area or have a set of maps with you. Otherwise you're just having to trust that you're going the right way. Um, I know this area reasonably well, so I knew the trails that I needed to take, so it wasn't difficult. And I think this is the thing with the Australian Alps walking track, um, Compared to a lot of the other tracks, the longer tracks in Australia, the mark there are a limited number of markers. Um, I think there are probably more now than there ever have been, and they sort of, particularly when you're having a turn, they have the turn marked, uh, they have a sign around about 20 or 30 metres before, and then a sign 20 or 30 metres after, so you know you're going in the right direction. Uh, but there still are areas and gaps where the signage is not so great and you need to sort of pick your way. And I think that's what makes this a, a technically a bit more challenging track. Um, I have really enjoyed this trip. Um, and, and as I said, I'm looking at doing this next year more than likely, but as I said, things always change. Think things can change. Um, after doing a second day uh, of big kilometres I really am stuffed Um, uh, by the time I got here it was dark so setting my tent up in the the dark Um, now I'm sort of in my tent and I had um, a a a protein shake uh, but otherwise I just don't feel like cooking dinner so I might end up having my dinner meal for breakfast tomorrow um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm just about to drop off, so uh, I'd rather uh, once I've done this, I'll turn everything off and and, and have a good sleep. Uh, okay, so one more day to go, uh, and again, this for for much of tomorrow, I've done a lot of the tracks, but there still are some sections that I'm not familiar with. It was not the connecting uh, areas, so it'll be interesting to see what that's like. Um, but I think. I've done around about 74 kilometres over the two days, so I've got around about 30 to 32 kilometres, uh, and then that's that's me. But at least tomorrow night I don't have to set up a tent. Uh, I'll pull up to the car park at the uh, visitor centre at Thawa, um, and Jill will be waiting for me uh, to pick me up. So if I get there in the dark, it doesn't matter too much. Okay, talk to you later on. Good night. Good morning. It's six forty on day three, Easter Sunday, and hopefully my last day. Um, so that's the plan, anyway, is to uh, arrive at Thawa uh, at the Visitor Information Centre for Namajing National Park, just up here at Cotter Flat. Um, I would say the sun's up, except that there's uh, <laughs> fairly heavy sort of fog on the or mist on top of the uh, the mountain. So while it's light it's um uh, there's there's a lot of moisture in the air, so I'm just having breakfast, which was actually last night 's dinner i think as I said the uh, in the last recording I just didn't feel like eating last night i virtually set up camp and went virtually straight to bed had a fairly disturbed sleep last night um, <coughs> given that i i 'd gone to bed from seven at seven o'clock you know potentially that was um uh, 13 hours or 11 hours, sorry, of um, of sleep uh, which is way too much for me. So I'd wake up in blocks sort of four hours or so, um, lie there for a little while, occasionally having to get up to go to the bathroom um, before going back to sleep again. Um. Certainly feeling better than I did yesterday, and that's usually the way for me. As I said, day two was the day that really knocks me around, uh, and then from then on, it doesn't seem too bad. Got plenty of food left over. Um, I bought an extra day's food with me just in case I did need four days, but even so, I've probably got a, a full day's worth of food left on top of that as well. Um, I think, I've, as I've said in the past, that exercise reduces my appetite, and I've got to struggle to... Uh, Uh, force myself to eat, Uh, and sometimes I just can't do it. Um, The campsite up here at uh, Cotter Gap has changed over the last few years, and as I said yesterday, there's a lot of growth um, that wasn't here three, four years ago, uh, and it's fairly dry, um, I came in looking for campsites yesterday and the the best campsite was, was taken by somebody that was already here there was another one that was close by but I didn't want to be too close I wanted to give them a bit of space and me a bit of space so I moved up to another place where there is a tent pad in the middle of all the, the tussocky sort of grass um, not the flattest thing in the world but reasonably close and, uh, and not too bad um The vegetation certainly has changed and, you know, you look at the guidebooks and read all the write-ups and that's pretty normal uh, virtually from uh, once you get over the top of Uh, Of Murray's Gap, you start picking up a lot of big trees. You lose all the real alpine stunted sort of um, mallee eucalypts and you're getting to pick up the big stuff now. Stuff that's sort of 30 metres in height. Uh, And this is pretty much the norm from here on. Although there are definitely some mallee eucalypt forests um, further on as I go down. So I'm just going to finish up breakfast, pack up and given that it is... 6.41, 6:41. I'll probably be get away here from late again. By the time I finish my breakfast and pack up, but I won't be. I should hopefully be away by about quarter past seven. Talk to you later. Good morning. It's 9:27 uh, on Sunday, day three of my Kyandra to Thayal walk. Down to the home stretch. I've done nine kilometres so far. I've got around about 15 kilometres left, uh, roughly. Um, I can actually see my final high point destination. It's been been interesting, actually. I've walked this area so many times, and I've never really paid attention to Mount Tennant from this side. I always notice it coming into Namajee National Park from the other side. Um, and um, I can see where it is, and I can see the saddle that I've got to go to to get over it before I start my descent to the uh, Thawa Visitor Information Centre so nice steep climb by the look of it um so that's going to be interesting and i'm guessing it's not straight up but even so it's going to be a hardy sort of climb to get up there um walking on the valley has been quite nice i mean the sun's only really just broken through the the cloud in the last few minutes um it's um uh getting to be a nice sort of day like it has been the last couple of days I saw a lot of people over at uh, Cotter uh, Gap and Cotter Flats and um, up at Murray's Gap, but no one out walking this section of the uh, the trail. So for the last sort of five, or, five odd kilometres I've been sharing the Aurora Valley Circuit Walk. Mainly there's been a couple of sections where I've been going on and off it. Um, and uh, I always do like this walk, particularly when it's a bit cooler. Um, middle of summer can be a bit hot. Um, but yeah, no. As I said, I really am loving this walk, and I'm looking forward at some stage to doing the Australian Alps walking track. It's just just such a nice, nice feel to it. Um, I'm not a big fan of lush wetland sort of foliage, and, and certainly the Alps, um, the alpine uh, uh, environment is is pretty good, and it's very variable as well. So you're getting all sorts of different types from the open open grass uh grasslands on top of the the high peaks to the woodlands and then to the uh the uh, the heavy wilderness areas through bimbury um so yeah looking forward uh and i will keep on going i'm expecting to finish around about uh it should take me another four hours roughly so that's probably around about one thirty to two thirty. i should finish talk you later it's uh 143. I'm here at Borumba Rocks car park. Um, I won't be going up. I've been been up there enough times already. So I'm on to the last section of the trail to um, Mount Tennant, uh, and then um, to uh, the visitor centre at Namajan National Park at, at Um Again, I won't be going up to the summit of Mount Tennant. Um, i uh, just been going up to the saddle that, that, that takes you down to the, uh, uh, the visitor centre, or again takes you up to the, uh, uh, the um, uh, mountain peak itself. It's been a slow sort of morning this morning. Um, lot of steep hills coming up the Aurora Ridge and i expecting the same again going up Mount Tennant um, I've been told by people I met this morning that it's not as bad as coming up the other way but it's still likely to be uh, a fairly difficult sort of um, uh, walk uh, so realistically probably three more hours to go so just having lunch here at, at Barumba Rocks Car Park and I'll be here for a little while and then I'll head off Okay, so that was my three days uh, from Kyandra to Fawa. And as I said, I'd, I'd made the mistake, and it really was a mistake, of making certain assumptions about how the trip would go. And sometimes you've got no choice. You, you think you know what's going to be happening, uh, and it ends up being something totally different. So I suppose um, the things that came back to me that... Um, ended up being incorrect assumptions were um, there was probably about four or five things overall. The first one was uh, fitness. Now, I knew my fitness level was not as good as it should have been, uh, but in the past that hasn't really been an issue and the uh, uh, the distances I was looking at doing, while they was certainly extreme, I should have been able to manage quite well. That didn't end up being the case. Uh, my fitness levels probably um, – I think even though my recovery is pretty good at the moment, my fitness level isn't as good as it, as it, as it should have been.
0: Well, there were some really big days and long days in there too. Um, and you know, as I was listening, I, I thought, "Wow, you know that that's that's the reason why uh, I opted to do my own home challenge, <laughs> my home renovation challenge, rather than walking uh, through the wilderness with you." Um, because some of those days were just really big days. Uh,
1: and that brings us to the second assumption, was um, was actually the length of the hike. I'd gone through and looked at the guidebook. I'd actually gone through and set up a route on uh, my uh, GPS. And while I hadn't been as, I, I hadn't really narrowed it down as, as far as I could have done, um, my expected actual trip was around about the 105-kilometre mark, and I ended up doing just on 112 kilometres. And the the length of the days ended up being day one was 36.1 kilometres, day two was 39.6 kilometres, and day three was 36.3 kilometres.
0: It was interesting on day three because you were saying, you know, you've done... I think you'd said you'd done nine kilometres and you had 15 to go. And uh, I thought, well, that was <laughs> that was a pretty <laughs> short day. That was never going to happen.
1: <laughs> I think what happened on day three was I actually woke up and looked at one of my – I was actually carrying two GPSs and, and, and running two GPSs to see how they can bear. And the, the, the tolerances were a bit different between the two. So um, the one I normally use for logging my uh, hikes – um, ended up being, um, well, sorry, the, the, the secondary one ended up saying only had, uh, uh, around about 20 kilometers to go for the day. And I'm thinking I knew that wasn't right. Um, but I think what it had done was just picked up, um, the, 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 not as accurate settings on it. So day, um, day three ended up being 36.3 kilometers. So I was out by about 17 kilometers as uh, as i said i was expecting probably 30 but 36.3 definitely sort of surprised me
0: yeah well you know uh, it was interesting as you were as i was listening um how you um i don't know it's a bit hard to explain it but it was it was almost like uh, you're willing yourself not to have had very far to go <laughs> reality didn't get in the way of a good story
1: <laughs> now i suppose i suppose as part of that the uh, the the issue of difficulty was um was something i'd raise here as well i knew and i don't know from the reading and the research that i've done that the australian alps, alps walking track is probably the most technically difficult or technically challenged challenging walk um, on the Australian long-distance hiking circuit. There are certainly walks that are much longer. Uh, There are certainly walks that have um, uh, other challenges as far as heat or cold or anything like that. But I think with this one, the real difficulty, and it was something I was actually prepared for, is the trail isn't accurately marked all the way through. So I did have a couple of sections that um, I'd come across a sign saying, please be advised that the trail is not marked from here for the next 20 kilometers was one of the signs that I came across. Now I was prepared for this. um, And I think this is the thing that, that often throws people that all of a sudden the trail just disappears. And if you're not prepared for that, that can certainly go through and shock you. I, for the last couple of years, have probably averaged around about 4.2 kilometres uh, as an average on my long-distance hikes. Um, in the Australian Alps, my average has probably been closer to 3.75. And it ended up, over the duration of this trip, I averaged in, in, uh, doing 3.4 kilometres per hour.
0: Yeah, which is a real indicator of uh, how challenging it was, um, particularly that third day, um, you know, when I... Um, walked part way up Mount Tennant to meet you, and uh, heard you clacking along with your your trekking poles. Um, before I saw you, and then saw you, I thought, "Wow, you're really, really struggling here."
1: And as I said at the start of this trip, for me, this is the most physically demanding trip that I have ever done. Um, and that, that includes even some of the high-altitude stuff that I've done. And I think it really was um, – uh, I'll put a uh, – on the written uh, write-up of this uh, trip itself, I'll put a uh, 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 a change in altitude graph to show you what it was like. But the third day was pretty horrendous. There was a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And I'd forgotten I, – I do remember how difficult Mount Tenet is on the way back down – I know people around other areas of Australia talk about these hikes with all these stairs and steps. Nothing compares <laughs> to uh, the, the descent of Mount Tennant, which is pretty much four kilometres of downhill going downstairs and there are uneven rock stairs. You know, and the, the, the tread's uneven. The distance between them's uneven. Um, and it was really uh, uh, that, that last four kilometres really did take it out of me.
0: So here's the thing, Tim, if you, you you did all of this over three days, uh, would it have been as gruelling if you'd done it over four days?
1: I think it would have been, it certainly would have been a lot easier over four days. And and from my perspective, as I said at the start, I hadn't planned on doing any of the side trips. I knew that would have been definitely pushing the friendship, trying to add another 5, 10, 15, 20 kilometres if I had done all the side trips. Uh, I think when I do go back and do the full Australian Alps walking track, um, I will probably add an extra day in for this section and do a couple of the side trips uh, and take it a, a bit easier I suppose. And I think you know my plan is always to do this as a northbound track. I think having done those big days first off, uh, normally for me I know that uh, my second, uh, day is always my most difficult day. It tends to take it out of me. And given that the second day was just on 40 kilometers, it, it really did take it out of me, which is why I didn't end up eating uh, dinner that night. I use my Fitbit as a gauge. And I know it's it's not perfect, but it's a good indication. Over this three-day trip, um, my Fitbit told me that I burnt 21,500 calories. Uh, and even if it's wrong by 10 or 20% uh, which i don't think it is that's still a huge amount of calories that uh, uh, that i've burnt off uh, and i know in weighing myself i've got a, a fitbit set of scales as well it was telling me i was losing body fat from the over the next 5 days as my body was trying to repair itself and looking for for resources
0: uh, yeah and i think that's a really interesting one because no matter how much food you carry, you can't carry that much in calories to sustain that kind of usage, that kind of um, energy consumption.
1: Now, the other thing was, uh, and this is the thing that probably impacted me the most, was Water And I think at the end of day one, I made the comment that water would be available all the way through. And to some extent, it was. Um, <laughs> well, it was. Yeah,
0: The quality of it was a little bit suspect. Yeah. I, I
1: mean, the main rivers, things like the Yukimbin River, the, the Murrumbidgee and the Cotta had good water, as I expected that they would. And even on the uh, opposite side of uh, Mount uh, Bimbri, uh, there was good water supply. I must admit, what did surprise me was the difference in water uh, from Mount Bimbri back towards Thawa. Um, the, the worst drought that we've had was around about five years ago. But even at that time, there was water, creeks and streams everywhere and anywhere I wanted without too much problem. This time, the, a lot of the little secondary creeks that I'd often rely on, there wasn't. Uh, they were dried up, and a good indication of that was at Murray's uh, Gap. Sorry, at Cotter Gap, which is the second night of uh, accommodation. I had actually realised that that was the case, so I'd brought water up with me, so I was fine. But on the next day, I made a miscalculation. I didn't totally fill up my bladder when I should have done. Um, I was planning on dropping into um, the um, honeysuckle uh, campground to retop the water, and at the last moment I thought, no, I'm not going to go off track to go in there, and I should have done. So, what that So, ma-
0: how far off track would it have been?
1: It probably would have added about another kilometer and a half in total. Um, but at that stage, it was like, yeah, no, I've had enough. Thanks very much. I don't need that extra distance. Now, I did actually pick up water on that last day, but and I, and I certainly didn't get dehydrated. I didn't have a headache from, from not drinking enough. But I do drink an awful lot during the daytime. So on the first day, I drank about 4.7 liters of water. The second day was probably about five and a half. The third day, n- not as much on the trail as I would have liked because I got to the stage where the little secondary creeks that I was expecting to be there weren't, uh, and as a result, I was having to top up on very questionable uh, water supplies. The first one was so bad that it actually clogged my filter, um, uh, so I didn't really get much out of that. The second one, uh, which was at the base of Mount Tennant, was a questionable dam which didn't look particularly good, but the filter uh, really did uh, clean all the muck out of that and uh, actually give me good good water supply. Um, but I, you know, in hindsight, I would have topped up uh, or filled my bladder right up um, uh, at the bottom of a rural valley had I realised.
0: Yeah. Are you going to put a, a, a photo of your um, your water bottle? Um, that you picked up at uh Mount Tennant with the mud in it and the sludge and the the and surprisingly clean, so it's a big thumbs up for the filter, I think,
1: yeah, no, it will do so it's and as I said, for a lot of people i mean i i I'm a strong believer in water bladders. I know people often like water bottles instead, um, but I find I will drink more if I have a bladder because I tend to be sipping all the time, whereas when I'm carrying bottles, it's like, uh, no, this is just too much hard work. I won't drink as much. So for me, having the bladders made a big difference.
0: And you've got a filter on your bladder, though? Uh,
1: Not in this case because I relied on having the the portable filter, which I use to top up my bladder. Uh, And I think um, certainly... I'm glad I did because if I had filled up my bladder with some of the, the water supply, it would have clogged it, which would have meant I wouldn't have had much access to water at all. Now, part of the contributing issue with the water was the temperatures. I'd expected sub zero temperatures and, in all honesty, didn't get them. And that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I think the coldest it got down to was around about 2 or 2.6 degrees uh, Celsius. It was the daytime temperatures that tended to sort of knock me around a bit, getting up to around about 26 degrees. Um, And certainly doing the sort of distances in the days, if I'm going to be doing those big distances, I prefer the temperature sort of to be 15 to 17 degrees, not 26
0: degrees. Yeah, I think the other thing is that most of that was in, um, you know, the first two days was open open woodland or, or grassland, no shade, so 26 degrees doesn't sound too hot, but, you know, when you can't get out of the sun, um, that makes a big difference too. And, the, and in all
1: honesty, the first day was pretty easy. There wasn't, you know, there was a couple of small uphills, um, no no big downhills. So it was uh, the easiest physically of the three days, um, but certainly uh, the next two days more than made up for that. Don't get me wrong on this one, and I think um, – listening to the uh, the podcast particularly the earlier sections you'll from my perspective i really did enjoy this hike i am not a fan of the lush green wet sort of rainforest areas i prefer the drier uh, australian um uh conditions than the, the wetter ones uh and i really did like the 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 uh, environment, the surrounds, what I was seeing and how I was feeling on the hike. So definitely am looking forward to, to doing this as a through hike, if not next year, the year after, and that will really depend on a number of different things there.
0: But you're going to spend a bit more time, take a bit more time, um, give yourself a bit more buffer?
1: Well, I think so, and I think from my perspective it was more – the issue that I had through here was I didn't want to spend a fourth day. I wanted to have the Monday, which was Easter Monday, off just to relax. I didn't want to be hiking and then have to go back to work the yeah. next day. I don't know if
0: it was about relaxing, Tim. I think it was really more about recovery. <laughs> There wasn't a lot going on on that, on that last day of Easter, let me tell you.
1: No, I know, and it certainly, it certainly knocked me around physically for the, the sort of four or five days afterwards. I think you know, from my perspective, I'm quite comfortable in doing 32, 33-kilometre days, day in, day out. But when you start pushing the days past that, I think in a, on a week three or a week four of a trip, I think that'll be fine. The fitness levels are there, but certainly not this early in a hike. Um, so I think, um, I, I really did enjoy what I was seeing and I, and I really would like to, uh, really, I'm looking forward to doing the trip itself. I think, um, the thing that, um, um, as I said, really sort of, uh, I wanted to, the reason I wanted to do this trip was a, as a physical challenge. And it was certainly that, uh, but also to get an idea of what this trail was like, and I'm glad that I did. I wouldn't have liked to have started from Victoria and just launched straight into it without having done at least a section or parts of sections of this track. I've done the areas around um, uh, the Kosciuszko regions and we're quite familiar with those. Uh, I'd uh, had done the Canberra side of it before, but doing Kyandra to Canberra has given me a pretty good indication. And while there's still a, a very large section of the trailer I haven't done. I think knowing what to expect and what things are like, um, I think it will fo- allow me to focus on the the important things like water water sources, which in all honesty aren't an easy thing to find on this track. You can look on the maps and see whether there's river and creek systems there, but whether they've actually got water in them is another thing. So I think uh, that's my big takeaway from this one is, is paying a bit more attention to the water sources um, and when I have the opportunity, topping it up uh, rather than assuming I'm going to find it again in another half hour or an hour's time. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, as as I recommended, please go through and have a look at the written write-up of this uh, trip. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, it'll be up online with all the photos uh, and the, um, the change in altitude map and uh, uh, some of the, the lessons learnt and things that you, I can't really show in, a, in an Audible podcast. Um, next week's episode... Uh, which is back to our regular episode, is um, hiking budgets. What does it really cost to go hiking? And we'll look at a couple of different options there, from the the budget to the the deluxe, uh, just to see what hiking really does cost. As always, this episode is available to be listened to through SoundCloud, through Citra Radio, through iTunes and Spotify. And if you have the chance, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes to help get the message out there. Uh, And also, on a regular basis, we'll read your five-star reviews. That's all from me. Bye for now.
0: And bye from me.